0: Guys, Advent just simply means to have something arrive. We anticipate the arrival of something. And every time we spend the month of December celebrating Advent, we pay attention to the arrival of Jesus Christ into this world again. And we have, through this month, been paying attention to the coming of Jesus Christ as this restoration project God restoring the things in this world that are broken. We've been using this line from the hymn that at the birth of Jesus Christ there is a thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices. I absolutely love that line. The thoughts that are contained inside of that. That with the birth of Jesus on that first Christmas day there's a thrill of hope. Finally the Messiah has come. This project of God's has begun and the weary world rejoices. What is broken What is laboring underneath our sin for centuries is beginning to rejoice in the coming of Jesus Christ. And all the things that that means. It's so important to us, guys, that for centuries, the church has celebrated this Advent season, recognizing how important the coming of Jesus Christ into this world really is. How pivotal that moment still is. And we recognize when we celebrate this that God is at work fixing the things that we know need fixing but we know we can't fix. Does that make sense? This world is constantly at work trying to put itself back together again. One more scheme, one more politician, one more educational way of raising our children. We get all of this fixed and it never happens because we can't fix it. But this represents God fixing what we know needs to be done, but we know that we can't do. And this is so much of the story inside of Scripture itself. We go through the Old Testament and we recognize that the prophets of God in the Old Testament, they looked forward to it. They talked often of it. They eagerly anticipated and awaited the coming of Jesus Christ. And they spent a lot of time talking to the people of God, encouraging us to keep our eyes on God and His will and His ways and His soon-and-coming King, the Messiah Himself. And it is to them the entrance of the kingdom of God into this world. And the way that they would talk about it in the Old Testament was absolutely beautiful. They would see the coming of the kingdom of God as rain that is falling on dry ground, They would see a living and breathing God coming into a world that is full of impotent idols. The prophets would say things like this. You craft idols for yourselves that have eyes, but they can't see. They have lips, but they can't speak. They have hands, but they can't do anything. But this living, breathing, real God is entering into this world full of false idols. They would see it as justice, coming into a world that is full of corruption. We read it a little bit this morning. They saw it as a prince of peace coming into the middle of our strife and our struggle. Life coming to conquer death. And as light that is shining in a land that knows nothing but darkness. Through the Old Testament, that movement makes its way through the words of the prophets. And then we read part of the story this morning that when the moment comes, these angels show up to these shepherds, these simple, humble shepherds on the side of a field taking care of their flock in the middle of the night, and they get this glorious explosion of this angelic chorus. It's absolutely incredible who the shepherds see and what they hear. And they hear the the story of the birth of the Messiah, and to them, they know exactly what it means. So they go and do what the angels told them to do. They find Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger, and they worship. Isn't that stunning? They know what they've heard, and they see a baby, and they worship him as their coming Messiah. To remind us of part of that story, and maybe you've already heard Linus tell you this this year, I don't know. But let's hear it again in Luke chapter 2. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I continue to be stunned by just the sight of that moment. And how God chooses to announce his birth To these shepherds with this angelic chorus. It's beautiful. It makes its way through the Old Testament. It's announced in stunning fashion to these shepherds in the New Testament. And the church has considered this so important that we continue to celebrate it every single year. It's part of our regular rhythm to pay attention to the coming of Jesus Christ. What it means to anticipate His coming, even still to come yet again and to live for the glory of God. So at Advent, we reflect again on what it means for us to anticipate the coming of our Messiah, to wait for the hope of our salvation, to come and to bring light into our world and our darkness. One of those Old Testament prophets who saw the coming of the Messiah about as clearly as any of those prophets did was the prophet Isaiah. And during his lifetime, while he is speaking and living and doing what he does, he he sees clearly the darkness that exists amongst the people of God. It's the darkness of their own sin, their own rebellion against the will and the way of the Lord. And for them, it was also the darkness and the difficulty of actual real enemies who wanted to destroy them, uh, get rid of their nation. And so there was genuine fear and darkness among them then. And so Isaiah sees... The need for light to come to the people of God from the outside. It's nothing that they can create from within. It has to be given to them by God himself. So here's part of that story again in Isaiah chapter 9. He says this, And the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, and you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Guys, the good news of Jesus Christ comes at the intersection of darkness and light. It's critical that we understand this intersection If we do not believe that there is darkness either within us or in the world around us, then when the light shows up, we don't even know what it means. We don't know what it's for. If we don't recognize the darkness, the light can come and it won't make any sense to us. Or maybe what we feel and sense and know is the darkness and it's overwhelming, but we don't believe that the light is powerful enough to deal with the darkness. And that's not good news either. But people who live in a land of darkness, on them a light has shone. A light that is powerful enough to deal with all the darkness that there is. That's a stunning revelation of who Jesus Christ is. You see, guys, our lives, no matter how good we feel about them, they are spent in darkness relative to the light that Jesus Christ offers us. All of us long for meaning and purpose and rootedness and stability inside of our lives. Now, when we, or if we, reject God and His message, we don't suddenly stop hunting for meaning and purpose. We just now look for it in far more shallow places. The sun itself is shining, and if we reject the light of the sun we run around with 60 watt bulbs believing that this is all that we need. But we find this in Jesus Christ as we do nowhere else. So Isaiah sees something beautiful. He sees a God of active love, proactive love, who steps into the darkness that we have created, the darkness that we suffer. This God actually goes to great lengths to enter that and show us His light. And guys, we can testify to this. When the light dawns inside of the human heart, there is joy and there is treasure and there is reward. And guys, so often the greatest hindrance to this joy that Jesus Christ offers happens when we mistake our darkness for all the light we need. That's often the greatest hindrance between us and what Christ brings. Now, there was a man who said that he recognized this, and he realized that he was actually walking and talking with the light of God. It was one of Christ's disciples, the Apostle John, and he speaks of this walking and talking with the light who is Jesus Christ. And he is clear that he is the only light available for the human life and that our souls are made whole because of Jesus. Here's part of what John says in 1 John chapter 1. This is the message that we have heard from him, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now that's beautiful. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sin. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all that darkness, from all of that unrighteousness. John goes on to say a little bit later on in chapter 2, at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. This is what we pay attention to. This is what we have access to. This is what we lay hold to in the person and the work of Jesus Christ And listen, guys, we cannot walk with God in any significant way without asking His light to dispel the darkness that is within us. The very nature of walking with Jesus Christ, of growing with Him, is to have all of that forgiven by Him and taken away by Him and His light dispelling that darkness. We have learned through this month, as we've paid attention to Advent, how Jesus Christ has come as God's solution. Jesus Christ, the text says, came to save his people from their sins. He didn't come to save them from the Roman Empire. He didn't come to save them from their grumpy neighbors. He didn't come to save them from the niggling frustrations that are inside of their lives. Jesus did not come as an add-on to already pretty decent lives. One more app you can put on your phone to take care of those other things the other apps don't take care of. That's not how Jesus came. He came to save his people from their sins. And Jesus Christ came as Emmanuel, God with us. Not as just another religious leader, not even one of the greatest, most influential of all the religious leaders who have walked this earth. He is the only one who came as God with us. Fully God and fully man. And Jesus Christ came as king. Not a king, the king. Not one king, the king of kings. Not just another human leader, but the one who brings the very kingdom of God among us. So guys, as we've heard John say in his letters, and as we pay attention to it today, we realize that, God's light illuminates our relationships with each other, John said, as well as with God. And that can only happen when we confess our sins. And when we do, it is a prayer that God always answers, as John says. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to get rid of that unrighteousness. So the Old Testament prophets, they see this. They foresee it. They make sure that our attention is placed upon it. The angels come, and they declare the coming of Christ to these shepherds. And John, the disciple, tells us how the light of Christ actually enters into our lives. So guys, this is important for us to hear from time to time. And we need to make sure that when we pay attention to Scripture, when we gather together as the body of Christ, we hear this kind of thing every now and then. There is more to this world than just our lives here on earth. There is more to you than just your biology. You are not just some sort of meat computer. You are body, soul, mind, and spirit. God created you in his image. You are an eternal creature who will survive death. There's more to this world than just the life that we live today. Guys, so the world was made to receive the Messiah, to receive what only he could give us, and I was made to need the Messiah. I need the birth of Jesus Christ. I need his advent into this life. C.S. Lewis is a wonderful Christian author, and in his book, Mere Christianity, he makes this wonderful case. He says that we were actually made for another world, and here's how he thinks through that. He says, look, if you experience hunger, there is such a thing as food. If you experience thirst, then there is such a thing as water, something that will actually quench that thirst. And he says, if we have a need that goes too deep for this world to meet, then something outside of this world must meet it. So he says this, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is, is that I was made for another world. This is how we are created by God. So guys, it is the birth of Jesus Christ that meets that need. The deepest, most profound need inside of the human heart. And this is what I was made for. To wait for, to anticipate, and to receive the coming of my Messiah. Am I ready to receive my king? Am I ready to do as the shepherds did and worship him as Lord? And have I taken to heart what John wants me to know that the lights of Christ will dispel the darkness? And this is what the world that lays in darkness actually needs it needs the light and the life of Christ at, la- at work among his people. It is really easy for us to spend a few minutes imagining how the world is broken. We can talk about how it's broken, who's broken, the problems that are in the world around us today. That's easy. But it takes the vision that God gives us to see the solution that he gives us in Jesus Christ. It takes divine understanding to see the solution that is in Jesus. So this is one of these reasons, right, why the light of the birth of Jesus Christ is central to what happens on that first Christmas day. One of my favorite hymns is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I love this, this, um, this verse inside of that hymn. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So as we prepare to do our candle lighting portion of the service this morning, this is exactly what we are faced with. Are we ready for the light of Christ to fill us as light will fill this room? Will it become a part of the light that is brought into this world inside of my life as we watch the light fill this room? Will I let this life into death, and will I let it expel the darkness that is even within me? Let's pray.